welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and I am joined by David Burdett. Hello there. In this podcast, we tell you about the biggest games of the week, what we should have played a long time ago in our backlogs, and what you need to play. This week, we get the chance to stretch into our backlogs and revisit games we haven't finished, but we still have one new game to cover. We'll cover Asterigo's Curse of the Stars. We'll revisit Tinykin. We go back to Costume Quest, and we have updates for Overwatch 2. Every game we talk about is time-stamped, so you can jump to the game you're interested in. So, let's start with the newest game on this list. Uh, I would describe it as the Dark Souls Phoenix Phoenix Rising on our list. That would be Asterigos, Curse of the Stars. All right, David. So, uh, was calling it Dark Souls Phoenix Rising an accurate representation of Asterigos? I think it's close, but I I think I might say it's more of a mix of Immortals Phoenix Rising and Kana Bridge of Spirits because Kana people oh. forget was really hard as well. It was, yes, um, <laughs> fantastic, <needlessly>. beautiful, <laughs> lots of fun, <laughs> but it, it's definitely very very tough. Uh, the, the Immortals is really the thing that it struck me the first time I played, the first time I picked it up, the first time I watched the trailers. It was like okay. I'm really getting some heavy vibes on it. Um, and while it's it's definitely kind of that way, the story is a lot more serious in the way that they take it. Oh. Uh, you play because you're playing as this girl named Hilda. She's actually going after her father, uh, trying to figure out what has happened to him as he's gone on this quest. She's been sent out uh, and it's it's everything the dialogue and whatnot is just so much more serious than uh if you remember with immortals phoenix rising you've got zeus cracking jokes with i forget what his name is dude who's chained to a boulder in greek mythology or whatnot uh yeah i forget off the top of my head myself (laughs) but all i know is it's a lot that works really well because it's a lot it's a lot more hilarious that being said this works well because of just the way that the game is kind of building towards you can not to mention it's a double. This is definitely more of a double A game, uh, indie game, honestly, not even double A. It's more indie oriented. I'd never heard of the studio behind it. Do you happen to have the the listing for the name of, of that studio? Cause I'd, I'd never is, heard of them before. It is Acme game studio. Yeah, never heard of them. As far as I know, this is the very first game they've ever made. And I'll say this, for your first game, it's extremely competent. Because <laughs> I've played a lot of different people's first games. And I've heard of the studio before, like at least heard of some of the devs that have gone to these. And they've been awful. Asterigos is actually fundamentally very very competent in how it portrays itself with all of the different systems and whatnot yeah there's that little bit of roughness around the edges like when i'm sure you know what i mean when i say like when you play something like immortals phoenix rising or kana there's this there's this feeling of when you hit something there's there's that feel that feel of okay this feels good when i'm hitting it and 
with Astergos, I don't want to say the combat is bad, but it's weaker than the rest of the game, and that sometimes mm. it does get that, I guess, RPG feel of I'm just hitting a button and just hacking at something, okay. as opposed to there's a good umph behind what I'm doing. Like like Kana, you, you when you're swinging that staff, you're you feel every swing. Yeah, there's just a good feel to it. This there there is a little bit of just button mashing that you almost feel like, so you don't really get that oomph behind each one of these attacks. So it's so it's a it, little more is hack it the and button mashing, even. or the effects kind of don't give you that punch. Because in Batman, you can kind of button mash a bit. And I mean, you feel those punches, you feel yeah. those kicks. You still feel it. Yeah. You know what you're doing. And maybe it's just the way the game conveys it. Not, not even yeah. completely just cause I'll, uh, the vibration, the haptic feedback is not really in use either with it. So that could have something to do with it, but there's a way that the game just with the audio and whatnot really conveys that hit that I feel like I'm not getting in a Stereos. And maybe it's just the newer studio of they're still learning how to best convey that. Yeah, I was looking at some of the animations and stuff, and it, you know, it didn't look, I mean, it was polished, but it wasn't up to, I guess, our standards. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and that's where I have to remember, where I have to remember going into it. It is an indie game. It is a very, very much newer game and whatnot. So uh, when you play things like Kano, when you play things like Dark Souls, when you play things like Immortals, we have to we do have to remember the people that are behind them. These are like Immortals. (laughs) Ubisoft, one of the biggest workforces in gaming (laughs) is behind that game. So they've got unlimited, just about unlimited resources to do what they want with it. This team, they don't have that kind of resources to work with so what they've put together is is really awesome uh, i guess i might put it similar to something like a Baldur's gate like the the ps2 ones when that's kind of how it feels to me when i'm doing attacks and whatnot or or diablo like i, I know diablo has a little bit more feel to it but i'm sh- once again i'm sure you get what i mean but it feels more spongy almost compared to impactful yeah, I mean, and I don't want to dwell to on looks, that too much, but <laughs> no, I know it. It looks like it's slicing through paper to me. Like you just kind of just yeah, and there's nothing that happens. But I haven't played it, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, so spongy. Yeah, oh. sure. It doesn't when you just watch it. It doesn't look spongy to me. But I, I think I could get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm whacking at something until it dies. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. Uh, that kind of spongy. I thought you meant like that. Yeah, that kind of spongy. If I'm whacking at take a lot of damage. Dies, yeah, I'm whacking at something until it dies. Rather than like with Kana, it, it feels like okay. There's this tactical. I'm just. I feel every hit. I'm. 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 I guess I'm initiating them. It feels like an extension of me. I don't feel that extension as much here. Okay. Um, but. The game is is a lot more a lot deeper than I guess I thought it was going to be, because when you get into the different systems that are at play with some of the RPG elements, like you've got the your normal three different uh, skill areas where you're pumping up your attack, you're pumping up your your stamina, you're pumping up your 
I believe your magic is one of them or ability points, whatever they specifically call it. But then you get into another skill tree where it's an actual like tree where you're going, having to build it out in order to get other skills and other perks that are at yeah. play. Okay. So it's a lot of fun to watch as you build that out. And it's pretty easy, at least early on to get a decent collection of it so that you don't feel underpowered. Okay. So when I go in, I can I can really face some of these things. Um, I played on a bit of a lower setting when it came to the, the the one good thing. It does have a difficulty setting if you prefer just to kind of enjoy the story. If you prefer to have a challenge or if you prefer to have a real challenge, you've got three different options in there. I chose story okay. just because I wanted to enjoy the game, see what the game had to offer. And I'll be honest that there's some still some tough enemies in there. Um, I didn't die a whole, whole lot. If if anything, I remember one specific time where I just wasn't paying attention to my health bar <laughs> ended up dying. But I mean, but you're, you're just not you're slashing through your... everything. And it's like, yeah, this is yeah. It, it, it's not easy. it doesn't turn it completely into a hack and slash game. You still have to dodge hits. It's still smart to be paying attention to the field as you're playing it. it it's it's not just a story mode as in, OK, just walk through. It, you're still having to pay attention. Uh, the boss fight was, I mean, I didn't take a lot of damage, but man, I had to make sure I was paying attention to to his hits so that I could roll out of the way and stuff. So I had to make sure I was paying attention. a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't take as much damage, but sure, I, it took me a second to deal it out. <laughs> yeah just, uh, just because you're just because you're lower on the totem pole and uh taking damage doesn't mean it's suddenly easier to deal it so fair yep so i i like their approach there because that doesn't make the game too easy for everybody uh, so far it seems like there's some pretty interesting varied environments they've also got it where there are elemental things that you have that you can apply to like your sword or your weapons essentially and different different creatures have different effect I, I don't know i haven't gotten farther enough to see if it's a different color of like armor they're wearing or if it's something specific but for instance i've you fight one guy you could switch over to fire so that you're using your the fire element as you're whacking at this dude and then for another guy it might be better to use ice and i believe there are four elements in total i haven't unlocked all of them so there are little strategic things in here that it, it probably didn't take that much extra work, but I'm glad they're there. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Like it, 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 to me, it takes a game that yes, visually it, it is pretty in its own right. Uh, it may, it may not be as pretty as some other things, but it's pretty in its own right, but it takes a game that maybe we would ignore and add systems to it. That at least to me, deepen it to make it worth playing. Because if this was just a standard hack and slash game, I think I'd get bored real quickly. Instead, yeah, they've created a, ni a nice blend of systems to make me want to try out different things because there are different weapons. Uh, I don't believe, at least as far as I've gotten so far, I haven't seen anything in terms of like a lot of different armor or whatnot. So I think you at least mostly stick with what you've got or have a very minimal amount of that. But there's different types of weapons you can choose to go with, like daggers instead of sword, a spear that you can use instead of the, the starting hammer. Uh, like I said, a lot of things that you can tell are borrowed from Immortals Phoenix Rising, but 
the cool thing with the weapons is that depending on what weapon you're using or depending on how you're building out your skill, your perks tree, it might be better to try to use one weapon a little bit more because maybe I've got a perk that helps me to use the spear with parrying certain care, certain fight people fighting me or whatnot. So maybe I should use that more. So just, just some different strategic things that are in there as well that once again, just makes the gameplay deeper and I'm all for deeper gameplay. So you played it on story. How does the story feel at this point? Is it, I mean, I obviously you've only played so much, but is it worth getting into? I, I, I'm hoping it is. It feels like it. I'm still so far at the beginning of it that I'm, I can at least say I'm unsure. I don't, I'm assuming it's just because this, it is a decently long game from what I've read. It can be upwards of 30 hours, which is pretty good bang for your buck considering the games, I think 40 bucks. So it's not a full price game in the slightest, but the only thing that I will say is there, at least in the opening, there's quite a few characters that can feel somewhat wooden and, and the voice acting delivery. So (laughs) that I think has kind of made the story a little less interesting (laughs) because I'm like, okay, uh, uh, you're not, you're not selling me on this right now. So I'm hoping as the game continues on that it becomes more interesting at least at the beginning, it's very much a slow burn. So I would at least encourage anyone who's playing it, take your time because of the fact of, I don't think the story at least has had its chance to sell you on what it's trying to sell you on at the very beginning. Cause there's, there seems to be a lot of lore behind everything that's going on in this city. Aphis that you've gone to, with uh, there's a cur- some sort of curse underlying everything and i mean i'm assuming at some point i'm going to have to break it but we're finding out things about this, this these different factions and whatnot so i mean it has an opportunity to be a really deep and fun story to pay attention to i just don't think i've got all the puzzle pieces so i'm kind of looking down at you know i'm looking at the corners of the puzzle right now yeah <laughs> so they haven't really sold me on the corners with some like it, like I've I've been playing uh, I've been replaying the Uncharted games and you know those sell you from the second <laughs> you start yeah, up yeah, Uncharted yeah. sure uh but and, those and aren't that's just credit to them. games yeah exactly that, that's their that's their hook <laughs> yeah these kind of I mean it's an action RPG right yeah so yes um with some RPG, Soulsy elements to it. Yeah, it takes on the RPG element, which typically have more slower burn stories. And, you know, it's a glorified book, which some books, you know, they start a little slow and then they ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. Hopefully this takes up the ramp up, ramp up. If uh, the slice that they showed you is a slice that isn't necessarily the immediate start of the game. I don't know if it is. You played it. I didn't. But... Uh, if it's not, then maybe it's just an area where they want you to be aware of the lore and the character, the main character and things like that. I, I don't know what approach yeah. they took, but it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. The only thing that I would say 
that this game that I wish they would have done a bit differently is I'm not a fan. I'm fine with the Soulsy like difficulty, but they've put that into the like you can still manual save, but you go to these points in the area where you can rest kind of like the bonfires nah. and it'll respawn the enemies. If you rest there now, you can still interact with them so that you can use a specific item and kind of jump back to one if you need to, but it's destination. Saves. But yeah, I, like I said, you can actually, you can still manual save, but I'm it's like a quick not save, a though? fan of, yeah, like the, there's, there's not necessarily a quick save. It's a click, go down, hit save game, and then just save. Oh, okay. Save your file. So I don't know if that's, when I saved it, I don't know if I was, I was in a safe area, so it might be grayed out once I go into the regular world. Um, so you I can manually save under, you know, if you're in the right yeah. area. It, it, you might be able to. I just don't, I didn't get to it. I didn't try to save when I was in a different area that I, that wasn't safe, so I'm not sure. Uh, mm. if it's there, it, to me, it makes no sense as to why these, uh, pylons or whatever they are, are in the universe to begin with, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm still figuring out why they've kind of done some of the things that they've done, uh, especially because if you're going more action RPG and story heavy, I would have really liked a map and just so it'd be easier to traverse the world. Cause there's you, no, map. you don't Mm-mm. Not that I, it, Is it unless linear? I am completely missing something, kind of like they actually. What's funny is you, I beat the boss of the area. So, like I said, it's honestly Souls is not a bad way to mention it. Like it kind of feels that way if you go down different roads and whatnot, and you can kind of go off on some separate little paths. But the I beat the boss, and then the game suggested to me is like, look, you can go around and try to explore some more or you can use this item that you have uh, that's consumable to go back to the shelter to talk with the person and give them the thing that you got from the boss okay so like if i'm gonna be exploring and whatnot i'd really love a map <laughs> just to know where yeah, i've gone and where i have it it feels like it's leaning into soulsiness while still trying to be an action rpg is the exploration more like Kana though? Because Kana, you could explore, but you you were still it, mostly linear. Yeah, I I feel like it it it's it, it's like Dark Souls. It really is like with the side paths and whatnot. And I think I don't think that works as well for this game. I feel like you, it's a design choice of well, we want to be kind of Soulsy, but we kind of want to do Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and it meets in the middle, and it's just kind of messy. Because I would have really preferred this to be more open world. Okay. I haven't played as well. Yeah. I haven't played uh, Souls games for a variety of reasons. But <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just referencing Kana in my head to try to get a picture of what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think I get it. But yeah, that is weird. You don't have a yep. map. I'm trying to justify yep. it in some way. But. Mm. But I don't have a problem at all with the game itself. The game, I think, is a really good game, and I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. I, I, they're just, I just don't very much agree with that design decision for for this game in particular. I just think it would have worked better a different way. 
Is it possible they added, I guess, structured save points to remind you to save? Like I said, you it's, it's more that save. weird. Yeah, it's almost are, unless I unless I can't manual save when I'm outside of the shelter. That's the only thing I could think is that these are kind of. Yeah, like they're they're points that if you die, you go to in the world. So that which is what the bonfires essentially in Dark Souls are since you've not played. Right. Uh, no, I, a lot I, of that. I know what the bonfires are. Yeah. I know the mechanics. So <laughs> it's more like that in the sense of like, you know, you're real low on health. You don't got any. Uh, you don't got any health potions or whatnot. You can yeah. rest there and get your health back, but you'll respawn the enemies. But the weird thing is to me, at least in the early stage when I'm doing everything, like I can still add perks and stuff wherever I am. And that's something like the souls games have always done when you have to do it at the bonfire. So like I said, it, it feels like, mm. okay, let's do this, but we're not going to do all of it if that makes yeah. sense. And that's where this is. That's where it gets in the middle and it gets a little more messy. And that's where I'm like, you got to come. I would have liked to see them commit one way or the other. Yeah. Cause it, it cause you wonder why they decided to do it that yeah. way. And yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah. Cause for instance, uh, Jedi fallen order, one of my favorite games uh, that's out there. Uh, they do. They don't meet completely. They managed to make a great action game while taking the soul stuff and really meeting it in the middle in a really good fusion because they do push with the you have to do your upgrades at this meditation spot and it respawns all they they kind of they go farther with it so that you're not kind of sitting there of a, okay so what's the point of this being in the game yeah um it's a very specific area of the game and and these air the those pylons or whatever they are just don't feel as important as they should, uh, especially if I can manually save anywhere I am. Right. Yeah. So like, like I said, the, it, to me, it, it just feels like we, we didn't go as far as we should have with that mechanic. Yeah. And it probably doesn't have manual save everywhere. Cause then you just be able to save scum. Uh, yeah. And that's my assumption at least, which I mean, you don't have to do that if you want the challenge, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're allowing, maybe they're trying to allow for more people to be able to play it the way they want to. So they're like, if you want to play it this way, the, so like in Borderlands, for example, the, you know, you could kind of play it the way and then you can, part of Borderlands is typically you do multiple runs to get upgrades and uh, get better gun versions and all that so sometimes you just kind of reinvent the way you want to play you know just just yeah. for the fun of it so maybe you know there is a you know with the um being able to change your perks or whatever anywhere maybe that's just a um a thing they want to let people do in that case to take away some of that maybe annoyance but then if you don't want to use the manual save or whatever the case you don't want to be a save scum type of person then you don't have to be i don't know <laughs> i guess we'll figure that out but yep i'm a fan of options but that does sound confusing yeah and like i said it's it's more the fact of 
they've done such a good job with having some deep systems in there that it, it kind of leaves you on the side of is like, OK, this isn't as refined as I was hoping it would be. So we'll see. It could for all I know, it could open up further in the game and I could understand a lot more of what's going on. But at the moment, it's at least kind of making me wonder. Yeah, that's fair. We'll figure out more later. All right, that is Asterigo's Curse of the Stars, developed by Acme Game Studio and published by Tiny Build. So, coincidentally, I finished <laughs> another Tiny Build published game, and yep, that was Tinykin. So let's they're on talk. a roll right now. Yeah, let's talk about Tinykin. So Corvo talked about it a few weeks ago. I think three or four weeks ago, he reviewed it and gave it a 90. He talked well about it. I too actually talked well about it because I played a little bit of it. I had played about one to two hours of it and we liked the soap boards and we liked the charm <laughs> and uh, I I love the, the look of it. You're in this big three-dimensional space, but your character is this 2D character where you literally can never see his back because every time the camera turns, he turns with you. So it's it's really set up nicely, but I don't agree with the 90 after finishing it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I, I do not. I would probably give it a 70, but, um, so it's, it's a giant Easter egg hunt. That's, that's Tinykin. So a lot of people compare it to Pikmin and it is Pikmin like in the sense of you get these creatures and you use them to find things. You have to create bridges with them you, you have to blow things up they have to carry stuff that you can use some tinykin to create ladders every tinykin has a little bit of difference that you use to complete and solve different puzzles and i it's hard to call them puzzles after finishing this because <laughs> a lot of what it is is why I describe it as an Easter egg hunt. What is an Easter egg hunt? You put some eggs everywhere and you look through every nook and cranny to find them all. There's not really anything to it. The excitement is finding as many eggs as possible so you can get as much candy as you want. That's, that's the excitement <laughs> of the Easter egg hunt. And that is all Tinykin is. You're looking for all kinds of stuff everywhere and you're using the tinykin to uncover those things or reach those things and so after a while it gets kind of boring you know if you did an easter egg hunt for eight hours like you get tired because it's just like i've <laughs> i've looked everywhere how much more tree do i need to climb how many more drawers do i have to look through how many more nooks and crannies do i have to uncover and I, yeah that's and so as a person, I don't mind collectathon games, but this one also doesn't introduce very many interesting mechanics to keep it fresh as you're doing it. So I compare it to commute driving, where you know you you get in the car and you want to go somewhere, and for the first twenty minutes, you know it's fine. You got your podcast rolling, you got your music going, you're not really thinking about it. But if you were on a two-hour, four-hour drive, and you're just going on a straight road, soft curves here and there, no traffic, same speed limit. Like after a while, you're going to get tired and it's going to get really boring and you're going to want something to keep
keep you awake, freshen up the moment, and that's how Tinykin feels. After a while, I'm just like, okay, I've, I'm climbing ropes. I feel like you're on autopilot after a little bit. Yeah, because there's, it's, it's not difficult at all. If you take the time to make sure you search everywhere, you will find everything that you want to find. Anything that you want to find, no problem. You just have to take the time to search. That's it. There's nothing the tiny can do to make that searching more interesting. They are not used in interesting ways. It's just push this here, move this here, uh, use them to do this here, and you will uncover stuff and you will find things. And as you do that, you start to look at the whole room and, oh, I didn't go over there. Let me just go over there and see what I need to find and, and uncover. And that's it. So it's, it whiffs there, in my opinion, because this whole thing is set in a house. And so you're this ant-sized character and you get to roam these huge rooms. It's a kid's bedroom. It's a bathroom. And they're full of, basically, bugs have taken over this house. And there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that make you want to uh, go through these things. And basically, these bugs are either worshiping something or they want to have a, a DJ party or, you know, they just want to do some crazy stuff. And the story is goofy. <laughs> There's little fun stuff. But at the end of the day, um, you are, you're just mowing through things and soapboarding on stuff. And it's fun for about 20 minutes. It's fun in bursts. I'll say it that way. It's fun in bursts. If I took an hour, played, great, set it down, come back for another hour, I'm going to have a great time. But if you're trying to do this for a lengthy amount of time, yeah, it gets, it's old. So um, I wish it were more difficult. I wish um, there was more to it. I wish the Tinykin were used in more interesting ways with the rooms. Um, yeah, there's no interesting ways sinks and water and drawers and refrigerators and all kinds of different stuff you just open stuff and move stuff and I just wish there was something more thoughtful I wish I had to think more as I was going through these things so I was a little disappointed yeah, by the end it, all, it always stinks when a game dumps every mechanic right in front of you in the first 30 minutes of it <laughs> Yeah, and the tiny kin are supposed to switch those things up. It's supposed to make it feel fresh. But what I have found by the end is uh, the explosive tiny kin, for example. You spend the most time picking those up and using those. And each level, you'll find a new tiny kin to use. But by the fourth level, uh, basically the first three levels, you'll use those tiny kin all the time all the time, especially the explosive one and especially the latter one, which lets you reach new heights. But after that, after those two, you have a new level and you barely use them. And I'm like, yeah. I, this is all we got. So you end up climbing the same ropes, busting the same boxes, kind of doing the same things you did in other rooms. And there's no variance in, uh, because there's, there's the tiny kin aren't, aren't, you might as well just use the same ones. 
Basically, correct? yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, you know, there's some things you can uncover, obviously, with the new Tinykin, but I almost wish, like, each new level, it was just, like, that, those Tinykin, and you had to, uh, you know, and they made puzzles around that. Un- or at least, even if they're not puzzles, you know, find ways to discover things around those, you know. Yep. Um, well, and that's one of the reasons, like, for instance, uh, It Takes Two from last year was such an incredible game because every time you moved into this new space, they took away your previous uh, equipment and made you have to figure out this, that use the new equipment to figure out how to move forward. Yeah. That's one of the things that blew me away. That's one of the reasons it takes two one game of the year last year, Yeah, because it was innovative every level that you played it every single one which is incredible for a game in and of itself even more incredible when you got to figure out that co-op was a part of that <laughs> yeah and so it wasn't just one thing you had to figure out two <laughs> right so i th- i do think about zelda in the way you go from, you know traditional zelda where you go from dungeon to dungeon and you'll get that new item yeah in whatever town you're in or whatever and you know you're gonna have to use that item in the next dungeon and Sometimes, uh, to be fair, like light arrows, for example, for the light temple in Ocarina of Time, like you don't really use them that much, but with all the other gear you've acquired by that time, there's a lot of different ways you have to use all that stuff. Yeah. Tinykin doesn't even do that. So not only are you not using the fun new Tinykin that you got in uninteresting ways and not a lot of ways, uh, the other Tinykin you're using... Either you're not using them or you're using them the same way you've been for the last five hours. It's it's like playing ranked in Call of Duty. There are two guns that matter. Everything else is not worth using. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all competitive stuff. Like once you reach the top, yeah. like, hey. And, the, and it makes the, sense. It's the just amount of the, variance. It, yeah. That should not be in a story-based puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just seemed like uh, probably development shortcomings in terms of like the engine they were using and the amount of different objects that they could use and you know different things like that so i'm sensitive to the to that idea but it still doesn't change the fact that this is how it came out and again charming fun rooms to to look at and uh it would it just would have been more fun to explore if there's way to interact with the different stuff in the room and different ways you could use the Tinykin to interact with the different stuff in the room to create different scenarios that make discovering everything more exciting instead of it feeling like an Easter egg hunt where you just look for spots and just see what you can find. So, uh, but it's still charming, and that does carry it for a long time. I will, I will give it that. Um, so yeah, that that's uh that's my thoughts on Tinykin. That's developed by Splash Team and published by Tiny Build. Now, tis the season for Halloween, so let's talk about a classic RPG from Double Fine, which is Costume Quest. So, uh, what made you want to go back to Costume Quest at this point? So mainly the fact that it was available on Game Pass this week. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, 
Yep. Yeah, they threw it on uh, this Tuesday, and I was looking at different games, be like, okay, got different things to talk about on the podcast. Let's let's go back a little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> this game came out, I believe, over 10 years ago. I think 11. I think it was actually uh, out in 2010, so it may even be 12. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of fits into that similar vein as what you're talking about with Tinykin. In hmm. that, and this is at least in the beginning. So once again, some things can change, but they—it's mainly in the way the combat functions. But there are at least some cool things that they do with the costumes and the weapons that do change up the experience and and make it real good. So, if I'm not for forgetting a price difference, this game has never been more than twenty dollars. I'm actually okay. kind of impressed that this game has never been over twenty dollars because I like, think it was like twelve hundred Microsoft as, points back in. Yes, it, it was, it was actually back long enough that it actually cost Microsoft points. I'm sure. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I was a part of those people who had to buy Microsoft points and had to tell moms how many Microsoft points they needed. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> back in the GameStop days. Uh, how much I, was twelve hundred? Fifteen dollars. Fifteen bucks. So yeah. it, it was. It was. I believe it was. It's either fifteen. It was fifteen bucks, or it, it was no le- it was no less than ten. I know that for sure. Yeah, but this game embodies the double fine, just charming, quirky, interesting idea kind of game that it is. Because you start off as this little kid, at, and you get to choose whether you want to play as the brother or the sister and you're twins and you have to go out trick or treating together. So you start making your way out. You go to a house and the person tells you that they're not going to give you candy because your costume is so ugly. <laughs> like ugly as in not pretty or ugly as in this is the point. Like it's, it's ugly. It's uh, ugly is the the, the Damn, costume that's, that's rude so it's like that kind of sucks so when you go to the next house you the main character do not want to go forward so your sibling goes forward and your sibling is yeah. dressed up as a piece of candy corn a big candy corn the door opens okay. and lo and behold it is some sort of monster that is ransacking the house for candy and what is here standing on the doorstep? A talking piece of candy corn. So the monster grabs your sibling and runs away and gives because, it and throws it into this other area of hey looks like candy we're, corn. We're, we're taking away we're taking away can we're trying to get all the candy for us and the door stays locked and everything and it runs away and you're like, Oh no, what in the world am I going to do? So you have to run around. Uh, candy is actually somewhat of the basis of your currency is what you're picking up and whatnot. So you're picking, you're picking up candy, you're going door to door and occasionally you'll encounter monsters and it'll be in this turn based battle arena. So your main character is dressed up like a robot transformer kind of style. So when you go into this battlefield, you all of a sudden morph into like this actual like oh, you become transformer. The yeah, you're becoming the <laughs> costume. That's and funny. then the the monsters look a little more dark and, and devious and 
then you've got so, it's I like guess imagination it's kind of, come alive it's it's like what ends up happening in yakuza 6 yeah. when he starts imagining them <laughs> right the way, yeah, that yeah, they, yeah. the way that he thinks they are as the hero so then you start beating them it's super simple i mean it's it's about the most simple rpg system you have a basic attack you have a guard attack you have a guard and then you have a special attack that charges as you pl- as you're playing so okay it's very paper mario yeah very very easy so the and as you mentioned paper mario they do have the whole thing of uh and it's kind of interesting and I'll get more into it in a second is depending on the costume, there's a button prompt that you will get when you choose your basic right. attack that will allow your attack to be more do deal more damage if you hit it correctly. Yeah. Uh, and then the same thing with guarding, if they come to attack you, if you hit the button prompt correctly, you can take a little less damage where things get fun and you do pick up at least, I, I believe you can actually get up to three. I haven't gotten that far, but you get one other party member almost right off the bat. But where it gets fun is you have different costumes that you collect as okay. you go. These costumes, as obvious as with the whole imagination, I'm becoming this costume. Different costumes have different abilities when you're in this RPG world. So for instance, uh, my robot, I picked up a guy that was a knight and Mm. he had the basic attack where all that, he had the guard attack, of course, then his special was actually to put a guard in front of one of the characters, like a shield Mm. essentially. So it would, it, I would, you would only take like one damage almost no matter what happened. And it would last and for one it, turn. It would last for, for it would last for uh, at least one turn. At least okay. one turn. Um, I don't know if it was related to amount of hits you took, or if it was an actual. It would go away after so long. But then I also got to get into another specific area. I had to dress up patriotic, so I made a Statue of Liberty costume. <laughs> well, that one was really. It was really funny to see that one kind of come to life. But then. The special, the special for that costume is Anthem, and it's this like throw up like the the torch, and you have the American flag come behind you, and a Abraham Lincoln's face comes up, and an eagle flies across the screen. I mean, it goes nuts with how it goes, but it actually heals both party members. Oh, <laughs> and of course, using the attack with the Statue of Liberty is hilarious because it just aims the torch and like burns the thing in front of it. It's just, it's just funny, but it's a really neat idea for an RPG. That's based the way it is because you're instead of switching out party members for things, you're switching costumes mm, to okay, do all of yeah, these yeah. different things. So it's like, I want to get past a certain area and I need to go back to the, the one of the bigger boss fights with, cause I, ch- found another costume and i haven't gone around to find the you actually have to go around the world and find equipment uh, essentially items to make that costume yeah uh, which it's really simple it's usually just you go and you open a chest that's it sure okay um it, you just and it's not a specific chest it seems it seems like you just open a chest and boom it it's a ava- it's available um but it's just very charming and very fun 
the only thing that you run into is because the battle system is as basic as it is, it does get really dull after a while okay. because you're just hitting the same buttons over and over and over. And especially once the some of these monsters get tougher, it takes longer. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of sitting there. It's it's really fun the first time. It's really neat the second time. The third time you're like, okay, okay, I'm starting to get kind of tired of this. Yeah. And there's you're not, other you're ways also yeah. using the same attacks, probably in the same order with the same yep. uh, rhythm at yes. the entire game. And every RPG deals with that. Nah, so it's not, not like it's not necessarily. Sometimes you get into like, a position where, you know, your usual string of stuff would be like basic attack, basic attack, uh, special uh, defense, you know, whatever the case may be, and then you meet new enemies, and it's like, oh nope, this I nope. Uh, somehow I need to get my special faster, or you know, yeah, something changes the your rhythm. Yeah, this and, doesn't and the sound boss like that. Fight that. Did, the boss fight did that because there's no way in heck. I, I I'll be honest, I'm a little stuck here at this boss fight because I'm unsure as to how the crap I'm supposed to knock this boss down, and because your it seems at least that your leveling up is com- almost completely based on finishing quests or beating people. And I feel like I've done almost everything in my area. I'm not sure how in the world I'm supposed to get to the level to beat this guy. Are, or if I've just no got to go to grind. Uh, there's not like a, I'll have to go back, but it seems like once you've trick or treated at a house, it doesn't come back online. If it does, and maybe I'm just straight up missing it, then I could grind but if there's not and it cuts it off as soon as you finish the houses, then I'm a little concerned. Mm, uh, you might have they, to uh, they, use the right costume. Yeah, and I'll be honest. That's probably something I missed I, because they do has, have a smart way of knowing is the lights are on for the house. Like the, there's a row of, uh, of lights for the driveway so you can mm. know that, the, that you can go to that house. Okay. But at least at... Uh, at least at the beginning, I'm a little unsure as to whether or not I'm able to still grind or not, because okay. it, it felt like the part of your beginning quest was do 20 houses. And then it said, hey, the area's out of we're out of candy, so we got to move forward. So I'm wondering if it really if it actually does kind of hard cap as to you can only do 20 houses. Interesting. Yeah, Which, it could like be, said, I need to go back. Yeah, it could be one of those bosses that you have to utilize a very specific probably string of stuff in order to survive it or beat it or whatever the case may be. And there's uh, a specific costume that I haven't built. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with it because I got it right beforehand. Yeah. I mean, literally right beforehand. Yeah. (laughs) That might be it right there. We've solved the problem right here. Yeah. But it's one of those things of, I don't like anything like that, that hard caps you. When well, it's not a hard like, cap. I, sh- I should it's be able just to sit. The costume you, you yeah. need to use. Well, I'm concerned because I don't know that I have any chests I can open, mm. and I'm stuck in the area that I'm stuck in. So I'm very interested in how I'm supposed to find them. Yeah, like, okay. uh, and it could be it could be a lot easier than I think, but I'm still curious. Uh, the only other thing that I had a issue with is, and it's more because of the time that it was built that this game came out than it is like compared to what we deal with now is 
there's no voice acting in this game, but there are cutscenes that are voice acted. No, there's oh, okay. no voice acting, so yeah. it's all yeah. bubbles. That's an error. Yeah, that means I have to wait for it instead oh, of being able to the like you can't speed up the speech bubbles. No, because oh, it's an weird. actual cutscene. Yeah, that's weird. So I'm skip. I have to skip the entire cutscene. So I actually missed a complete part of one of these on accident that I feel like would have been helped me understand a little more of what was going on in the story because yeah. I was just hitting buttons to see what I could do and accidentally skip something towards the beginning of the game. Yeah. And I, I, it's like I would have rather just have in-game speech bubble talking through than the prettier angle, if that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, they could have had, well, maybe, maybe not in that era, but yeah. they could have figured something out where, you know, it didn't have to necessarily be a cutscene, yeah. but have a, you know, the, the flashy angle at the same time, I feel like. But the biggest thing game has going for it is just the sheer fact that, I mean, this is, this is double fine at their best. This is a unique idea that they've put together and they've made a fun product out of. And you, it's not the kind of game you get from really anybody else. That it's, I mean, that's one of the reasons we all love Psychonauts. It's one of the reasons we love Brutal Legend. <laughs> like you play these games, and I was like, okay, I am playing something that I don't get to play from any other developer. Yeah. <laughs> it, when it comes out, you know it's going to be unique, and it's because Double Fine just makes unique things. And there's even a second game i'm sure i probably own it somehow from some uh, honestly i wouldn't be surprised if i probably got it through a uh x games with gold or playstation plus or something like that and this actually makes me want to go and try that one just to see how did they change this system up how did they make this more unique because like this game in and of itself i know it's it's only about five hours long six hours long is what they say at, uh, around at most, but it's just fun. It's, it captures the idea of little kids running around trick or treating perfectly because I could get to the end of this. And this is just a whole story that they thought up in their heads. And I would totally believe it. Why? Yeah. Because this is the, this is in capturing that imagination. And, that, and maybe that's in and of itself. Why double fine does so well with these kind of games, because it's just, their imagination it's the i just them taking these imaginations and putting the life into them in the video game medium yeah <laughs> so should i add it to my backlog yes it's on All game right. pass there's no reason you shouldn't uh and honestly even if you didn't have game pass it's only 10 bucks so to me that's i mean if if you play through the whole game five hours, a bag of candy that's that's two bucks an hour. <laughs> well, yes, I guess. I define it that way. Yeah. But yeah, sacrifice a a, a big fun size bag. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's worth it. All right, that is Costume Quest, developed by Double Fine and published by Double Fine, and originally also THQ as well. Um. So. Uh, I got more Overwatch 2 to discuss because I got some new disturbing details. So oh, no. let's talk Overwatch 2. So I was playing with our old co-host, Noah Ansaldua, and oh. 
we were uh well we were talking about the battle pass we were talking about the challenges and the amount of way you can earn currency and all that stuff progression that stuff so i hadn't spent much time talk or really with the challenges or anything i was just playing overwatch as overwatch and feeling out the differences so that's what i was mainly focused on last week so when we were talking about all that stuff we were also bringing up the 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 way you earn coins at overwatch too which you can do that by completing weekly challenges so there's about mm, i would probably say 20 something scenarios you would have to do in order to complete various weekly challenges to earn the coins and basically i think it's 40 or it could be 60 coins 20 coins and 10 coins depending on which weekly challenge jizz you complete there's always a set you get if you complete uh this set you could get 10 coins if you complete this set you could get 20 coins if you complete this set I think it's 40 or 60 coins so we were discussing that and I didn't realize this was in there because I hadn't spent much time with the challenges and so I was like that's pretty egregious that's a problem because in the battle pass you have no other way of earning coins and yep. most battle passes return some of your expense back to you Half the time they return all of it and a little bit more. Ah, <laughs> uh, do they? Because Fortnite, call, Call of Duty, actually, Fortnite is always done where you can get all of your like at least ten bucks. Really? And then Call of Duty does uh thirteen hundred COD points, which is thirteen dollars essentially. Oh, I thought I thought they returned enough to you to where it's like maybe in two or three that you could pay off one without having to pay out of now, pocket. It's, it's been a while since I've done Fortnite, but in the past, Fortnite has always been en- enough, exactly enough to buy your next pass. And like I said, Call of Duty is at least enough to buy your pass. So that a little left over. Not an option in Overwatch 2. So the way you can yep. earn coins is completing weekly challenges. I didn't check to see if the other challenges also, like lifetime challenges or um, hero-specific challenges, uh, or seasonal challenges also give coins. So uh, I don't have full details on that, but that's not a lot of coins at all to spend time completing various weekly challenges. Not like one set of weekly challenges and you get like 100 coins. You have several sets, three sets of weekly challenges to complete. It's a lot of grind. It is. Uh, and I haven't tried that grind yet uh because i'm focused on competitive and understanding 5v5 a little bit more and whatnot but uh that's going to be one of my projects is to figure out uh the time investment and getting the amount of coins and uh based on i think some math other people have done they said it could take about eight months to get enough coins to be able to pay for a uh, potentially, I guess, priced 
Overwatch season. So I was like, wow, that, yeah, that's a long time. If it were $10, it would take probably eight months based on the amount of coins that they're giving out to do that, which, yeah, that's, that's bad. Because I defended the shop, I defended the battle pass, and the business decisions as to why the cosmic, the legendaries and stuff cost the way they cost. I still stand by that. But to not have any way to earn coins back in 2022 battle passes, and to have the coins that you get from the weekly challenges to be so meager, that... You might as well just not add them at all at, at, at that point because it's it don't you don't feel like you're getting much for the time investment. So that yeah, that's that's probably the biggest update <laughs> I got from this week of playing Overwatch Two. So yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, um, I don't understand it, why points aren't in a battle pass at this point just because like like i had the same issue with halo because halo when they started yes. did not have any currency available in their battle pass but they added it, it in season they two. added in the season two so i'll give them the credit they they righted a wrong i'm i'm curious how long it will take for them to add it into overwatch because to me that it just isn't defensible just because everyone else puts premium currency and their battle pass at this point is that even, even your other game Legion. your <laughs> other game call of duty your other game that the battle pass is most likely modeled after <laughs> your seasons are modeled after your other game does premium currency in its battle pass that's that's the only reason they aren't making it that it's only 80 tiers there's no yeah. there's no coins in there. <laughs> yeah. Add, you could add, add 10 tiers at least. You got to add 100 or, you know, the next 20 tiers and sprinkle coins in there. Yep. And I get some of it with it being free to play. But at the same point, Halo is free to play and Fortnite is free to play. You uh, don't I'll, make I'll your least, money. Yeah, I'll at least give them I'll give them Call of Duty to a degree. But you can play Warzone and buy the battle pass that way they have the shop because they know yep. the battle pass isn't going to be the biggest money maker they know that yeah they have the shop so you yep. can afford to put coins in there i know they can afford to put coins in there people will buy stuff from the shop they're going to create very unique skins or yep. they're going to put stuff in there that uh you know you maybe you missed out on and now you can buy it at a you know discount price or you know whatever the case yep. may be they know well, the shop is going to be the main money maker so and that's the, the one thing com that's the one thing compared to all these other games that we're talking about beyond Fortnite that and it's closer to Fortnite is putting coins in the battle pass is not just going to encourage people to only use that on the battle pass because there's too many cool skins that Overwatch does that True. will encourage people to spend money in my opinion so yes like like Call, of, money Call of Duty I could get it I could get it in Call of Duty I could get it in Halo that you're just saving up, like, and I'm not like just saying, like, trying to ding the stores or anything like that. I'm just saying I haven't seen as many must-haves in those stores yes. like I've seen in in Fortnite. I mean, Fortnite is always there's always a skin that you have to have in Fortnite. Yeah. I mean that that's because it's the biggest social hub in the world at this point. Right. Uh, but Overwatch, in my opinion, is right there next to it. 
because it is just the the skins are Im- amazingly crafted in that yeah. game. So people are going to use their points that they earn from a battle pass on that and have to rebuy the battle pass or end up buying a big bunch of coins because they know they're going to have to rebuy the battle pass and right. want the skin. So, yeah, it, it, even if you get even if you gave half the battle pass back in coins, at least half of it. It's just it, the, at least, yeah, because I get it. In like, for instance, like in Call of Duty, you can't just play matches and earn coins comparatively to to Overwatch, where you do challenges and earn coins. Sure, but it does seem like there's a disconnect with 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 considering how much you have to play, right? To get it, and if you could, if you could give it to me where the timeline is similar, I get it, but. I guess part of it is because you don't actually have to spend any money to get those. Right. And you again, you don't get nothing for yep. doing daily challenges except battle pass progression, which is significant yep. battle pass progression to be fair. Yeah. But uh yeah, no coins, not 5 coins, not 10 coins, you know, just battle pass progression. So yeah, it's it's odd. This is an odd decision when you have so many models in front of you that work uh, that people spend money on, what is it about the Overwatch audience that convinces you that adding coins to the battle pass it was a bad idea or maybe yeah. not even a bad idea that you just didn't do it? I just, what is it about? Like, you, Are you that confident that they're not going to care? No, of course yeah. we care. And- and literally the only way I can even think to defend it is the, hey, we put them in challenges that everyone has access to that you don't have to spend a dime to get. That's And like I said, that's not, in my opinion, the best defense, but it is a defense. They're doable, <laughs> but they are there, yeah. time consuming. One yeah. of them is one well, of the games. And that's what they want you to do. Right. That's what and they want you to do fine. is play their game. <laughs> totally fine with that. Totally, yep. totally fine with that. But one of the challenges is win 20 games. Yeah. Some people have a hard time winning five in a week, you know, and yeah. I'm not exaggerating because other people's time, right? Their, yeah. People's time investment may not be that crazy. So if somebody put in the time and they're maybe not that good, but they eventually won the 20 games and you get 20 coins for it, like that's yeah. one coin a game, you know, like, that's, yeah. that feels bad, man. And I'd, I'd have to do some math with the battle pass, for instance, with COD to see kind of how that extrapolates out because there are times it feels like I'm getting nothing on the battle pass. So there would be, there is a ton of my time that is getting sunk into that to get those thousand thirteen hundred coins back. Yeah. So I do wonder to a degree, would it, mathematically come close to equaling out to what they are i i kind of doubt that but the biggest thing is like i believe was mentioned in the review because of the way you are capped it is not possible to earn the battle pass until you've played almost two seasons so to me to me you should at least be able to earn the battle pass in a season that that can, at least in my opinion would be the best way to do that. If if you're not going to put it in the battle pass, it should at least be challenge. The challenges should make it so you could earn it within a season, and it doesn't sound like that's possible. I can tell you right now that in a five week month, 
you won't earn 1,000 coins if you completed oh, yeah. all the weekly challenges in Overwatch 2. So... I think the with yeah, the cap that was mentioned was 17 weeks, I think, was what was brought up uh, for, a th for about 1,000. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, ben, uh, when he, in our review for it, he did some math, I believe, with it, and he said that with the amount that you can earn weekly that you're capped at, it would extrapolate out to 17 weeks worth of weekly challenges. I believe in, he said that you can earn about to, 60. So within doing this weekly challenges, 17 weeks uh, would be able to get you to a thousand essentially to buy the battle pass. Oh, so if, if it's taking yeah. you two seasons, essentially to be able, since they're nine week seasons, if it's taking you two seasons to earn one battle pass, in my opinion, you, you make that one season. Like I, I, I would be, if you could do it through challenges, you make it one season, I get it. Yeah, because if you're rewarding not, the people not, yeah. who play a lot. Like, that's exactly yep. what you want. You want people to keep playing. Okay, reward them. And they don't even have to buy the battle pass. Let them buy a skin if that's the way they want to do it. And then if they want the battle pass, you know, they're willing to pay with their money, that's fine. Like, that's, that's, that's the give and take of this. And, uh... I don't think Blizzard quite gets this for Overwatch yet. Yeah. So, uh, I don't well, know. The, I guess the, it's the fun of this is their first live service game. Well, Blizzard's first live service, not Activision. Well, even Activision, Warzone was really their first live service. Like, you can, the COD multiplayers weren't even completely set up for live service yet. Yeah. This is the first live service of this kind. But they yeah. got... 20 years of World of Warcraft experience and all those guys working on over there where that game yep. was subscription-based. Come on. Like, you, you got to be able to figure out, like, economically, like, this... Pretty yep. sure that team could have been like, yeah, guys, uh, you're, this probably isn't going to feel as good as, you know, you might want it to. So just, just be prepared. Oh. But... Uh, on the plus side, it's been out almost 10 days, <laughs> so they've got a lot of time to get this right and to fix things and to adjust things, and I think they will. I mean, they, they want this game to go on for a long time, and they're yeah. doing a lot of things right, so that's the good thing. I agree. Uh, I did remember the other thing I wanted to talk about. I couldn't remember it when I was writing my notes, but <laughs> matchmaking has been really, really wild in competitive um, so I, I was 59% at one point and you know, these met, we've gotten to the point where we understand matchmaking wants to keep you at 50%. So cool. I played one game where I was out of my mind. I was fantastic. <laughs> it was a great game. Um, well I was support. So I, I just, I played probably as about as perfectly as I could play a game and it was a very like back and forth game so like it was just one of those games where i was like i'm making all the right decisions right here healing everybody not missing too many shots i was playing anna so not missing too many shots hitting the right nades getting the sleeps everything it was going right the game was like that <laughs> we are going to make sure you get to 50 percent, and i swear <laughs> You're getting nerfed, boy. <laughs> they are like, 
yo, whatever you thought, you feeling yourself? Mm-mm. So the last, kid you not, four matches have been what I feel like have been against Diamond players, which is fine. I could play against Diamond players. I could play against Diamond players, though, when I have other teammates who are also Diamond players. And I, yep. I am not joking. I am not exaggerating. It was complete mismatches for four matches where the other team excellently coordinated. Yeah. Um, hitting ults all at the same time, splash grenades with Ana, doing all this stuff right. And my team running in there, staggering. So you were stuck in a bot lobby is what you're telling me. <laughs> four games of bot lobbies. And I'm like, yo, I don't mind losing. Okay. If we get stopped, that's fine. But at least let me get stopped with teammates who are on the same level. I get yep. teammates who are like, so the game is like, all right, you, you did fantastic that one game. Let's see if you can carry a bunch of bots. And I'm like, no, I cannot carry a bunch <laughs> of bots. I am not ML7. I cannot do that. I work well with other players who do well. I am, I am that kind of player. I am very strategic. I make plays. I can see stuff happen before it happens. But I ain't got the mechanical skill of an Overwatch League player. Those people <laughs> can carry. I can't do that. I know that. I will never be able to do that. Yep. I'm 36 with a child and a full-time job. I can't do that. All right? I ain't got the time to practice like that. So, that happened for four games. And... Yeah, I'm very much closer to 50% at this point, but uh, I've never had that problem in regular Overwatch, which is what shocked me about it. it was, I've been stopped, don't get me wrong, but it was a stop where it was like, yeah, these players are in gold, these players are in gold, there you go. And, you know, these players are in platinum, these players are in platinum, there you go. This was like, these players are in diamond and yours are in bronze and let's see what you can do. So Your guys are drilling on their keyboards. <laughs> yeah. I, and I went back to watch the replays. I was like, okay, where did I go wrong? I want to see where to... And I'm not saying I didn't make any mistakes, but I also feel like some of my mistakes were like trying to make up for the other mistakes the teammates were making. So I was like putting myself in bad positions and doing bad ults because I'm like, I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. So yes, I was making poor plays and things like that. I admit that. But at the same time, I'm like, why? <laughs> if you're down low in health DPS and I'm hitting you with the health, but you're still getting bashed down, can you like take hide behind a wall or something before you re-engage. Okay, can yep. we stop staggering? Can we stop going in two at a time while they have all five of their players on the point? That'd be nice. Like, real simple stuff. While the other teams are just like, yo, perfect supers and, you know, well-coordinated stuff. DPS are in the right section. Tanks are doing their jobs. I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. So, that, so that's, that's what stuck out. It was just really weird compared to what I've experienced for 600 hours of Overwatch. I was like, I have never experienced this before. So this is odd. Yeah, so I am a... In Call of Duty, we played hardcore for a long time. And with the TTK being so high on this game, we were like, okay, screw it, we're going to core. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, uh, my KD jumped almost point two <laughs> because of it. Because suddenly I could disengage and I could run away. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. I could play my life. And 
that is a skill that so many more people playing competitive games need to learn that it is okay to not 1v1 someone and just play good, solid gameplay. Yeah. You do not have to go up and overclock headshot them. You can drop back with your team and regroup. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's time on the clock and you're not having to throw yourself onto the point to keep the overtime ticker from going down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, again, I made plenty of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I am not saying I didn't, but I also don't, if I played perfectly, we still wouldn't have, we still wouldn't have yep. won. Wouldn't have you know, amounted to much. Wouldn't have mattered at all. So, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like, yo, game, <laughs> like, fix your matchmaking. Oh, my gosh. This, and, and, you know, I haven't really had a fantastic game since. So, you know, it's yep. just... Uh, it's it's uh it's frustrating so hence yeah. why i play with a group <laughs> yeah man you know i don't always have people available to play with so i i have to be the yeah. solo queue warrior and learning how to do solo queue in 5v5 is much different since there's a lot of dps who like to flank and i'm okay with that that's yeah. part of the game you're supposed to do that but my dps don't peel so i you know now i'm trying to adjust to that do i you know in Overwatch, I'm okay with using the same healer and figuring it out because, you know, there was the extra tank that could peel and, you know, things like that. And I could get in closer. But now more damage comes through. If they're not using shields. And so my my DPS aren't peeling for me. Nobody's peeling for me. I'm like, hey, I got somebody back here. Nope, nobody comes and helps. So I have to try to get closer and I die by the time I get closer. You know, yep. it's... uh. Uh, it's it's rough. So now I'm back in the place where it's like, all right, I'll just play the right healer for the right moment instead of trying to, you know, perfect my Ana since, you know, because it is, it's one of those things. It's like you could play whatever support that you want and you'll win, you know, if you're, if you're playing it right. Um, it's, it's that rank, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, I know I can win with Ana. She's one of the strongest supports, but... Yep. I cannot make up for poor decisions by other people. <laughs> and yeah, oh, it's frustrating. That's why Picks Overwatch is so interesting. I know. And I'm, after we're done and I'm done packing to go to a wedding, I'm going to play some more. So <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to try something else. We're going we're gonna oh, to do yeah. this thing. Uh, but yeah, so that will do it for us for this week. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. You can uh, talk to us about your experiences in Overwatch. Uh, you can tell us about your thoughts on Asparagos. Is that what? Yeah, Asparagos. Asparagos. I, I almost said Asparagus, but it's Asparagos. <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about Tinykin? You like it more than I do? You agree with Corvo? And uh, Costume Quest. Go check that out. I need to do that. That's for sure. So. Yeah, it on. is on the cloud. It is on the Game Pass cloud. So oh, that that's makes an easy game easy. to play on the cloud. That's perfect. Yep. Yeah. You don't have to deal with much latency with that at all. Played it at work. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe except with the uh, the perfect timing stuff. Maybe, maybe that could be a problem. That's, that's the only time. Yeah. But it very I very rarely had issues unless my internet was just Garbo. Same. So, yeah. Hang out with us on the Discord. You can find all that in the show notes. On whatever podcast app you use, and remember timestamps as well. 
click on whatever game you want. Although if you're listening at this point, you've heard the whole thing. So I guess that doesn't matter. We'll talk to you later. My name is Anthony. Peace. David's there. Deuces. <laughs>